Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. We're back, your automotive team. My name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer. Uh, we're on the True Oldie Station, musical mainly, but this isn't music. This is a live radio talk show. It's, uh, it's pretty candid, too. We tell it like it is. Um, in a nutshell, this show is about how to buy or lease a car, maintain or repair your car without getting ripped off. Uh, it's an advisory show. Uh, we realize that car buying can be hazardous to your health. Also, maintaining and repairing your car can be hazardous to your health and your pocketbook. That's why we're here. That's why we exist on this show. We've been doing the show for about 14 years. We're two hours now. Start out at a half an hour. And I want you to realize that I'm not in the studio alone. I've got a, a group of auto experts in here with me. In fact, we have a, a special auto expert with us that used to be a regular on the show. He comes in about once a month now. His, Alan, his name is Alan Napier, and he's a collision repair expert, uh, body shop, uh, whatever you want to call it. And we really want to uh, let you know that he is available because he's not available every week now. Uh, you don't have accidents too often, hopefully, in your car. You don't have to worry about body shops, but once in a while you do. Most people have at least a fender bender every now and then. And if you got questions about paint, uh, your rental car deductible, your insurance premium, what's a good insurance company to use? Uh, should I use... Uh, the cheapest parts to repair my car, or should I have uh, the better parts, the safer parts? Uh, what about my windshield? What about my comprehend? The whole thing about car repair in the body shop is complicated, and people often have problems because it doesn't happen that often, which is a good thing. Sure. And uh, I believe I believe we have a caller, and callers take precedence on this show. Ron, I'll be right with you. I just want to give out the number for the rest of you callers because it's all about you. Your your calls, your comments, your suggestions make the show. 877-960-9960 is our regular call-in number, 877-960-9960. And you can text us. A lot of people prefer texting today. I do. I mean, I don't call people anymore. I text them. Unless it's something real important, uh, I text them. You can text us at 772-497-6530. Text number is area code 772-497-6530. And we are streaming fools today. We are widebanding. We've got the Comcast thing working, and our wideband is flowing data. And we're on YouTube. We're on Periscope. We're on Facebook. We're on, uh, what else did I leave like out there? Twitter? Twitter, yeah, of course, Twitter. So we're in all, just about every form of, uh, of the media out there that you can imagine. And uh, old-fashioned telephone works, as I said, 877-960-9960. And we have Ron from Delray Beach who just called us. And, Ron, how can we help you this morning? Oh, good morning, Earl. Thank you so much for taking my call. I first want to tell you that uh, you're doing a great public service. I enjoy your show. Thank you. And I have some questions about leasing. Uh, I've been leasing uh, cars, uh, specifically Acura MDX, for, for like the last five or six years. And I just had a couple of questions I thought maybe I could get some clarification about. Mm -hmm. A lot of times uh, the salespeople will tell me if I return my car early, like three or four months earlier, 
they'll pay for the last three or four months of the lease. And I, I just don't understand whether this is economically advantageous for me or it only results in my being able to return the car early. So I thought maybe you could give me some advice on that. Ron, that is not true that the, if the salesman tells you without verification. Sometimes the leasing company, the manufacturer, will have special leaf incentives where they will waive your last one, two, or three payments. But if the salesman tells you that, there's a danger that he's just going to take those payments and he's going to add them back into the price of your new purchase or, or your lease. So you have to verify that this is a bona fide offer from the leasing company. For example, uh, this would be Honda Leasing. This is an Acura. Mm -hmm. You would have to right. check with Honda Leasing. If Honda Leasing has a special program for their leasing customers to waive the last three lease payments, it is a legitimate deal. But salesmen will often tell you, often tell you this, and it's just increasing the total cost for your next purchase or your next lease. Okay, I appreciate that. That's uh, important information. The other thing is, uh, since I've been listening to your show, I only want to pay, in terms of leasing, for government fees. I don't want to pay bank fees and things of that sort. And uh, I know a lot of times they push and they say, well, we can't uh, help the bank fees. This is what they charge us, uh, you know, to uh, arrange a lease for you. So um, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I wanted to check with you about the government fees, and, and I guess one of them that is legitimate is the sales sales tax. Yes. And the sales tax I, I have to pay up front. Now, is that sales tax based on the MSRP or the selling price of the car, and, and how does that work? Well, on a lease, it's based on the number of lease payments. So if you're, if you're leasing a car and you have 36 payments, the sales tax has mm -hmm. to be paid on 36 payments. Uh, you mentioned a bank fee, by the way. A leasing fee, uh, there's, oftentimes they call it an administrative fee. Leasing companies and banks who lease uh, will charge a, I call it a bank dealer fee. Now, mm -hmm. it's difficult to negotiate that because the bank charges the dealer. But sometimes, in fact, I would say about half the time, there's a kickback to the dealer on the administrative fee or the leasing fee that the bank or leasing company charges. So it is negotiable. Uh, most people don't even think about this. But if you're a good negotiator and you go to the salesperson and the manager, preferably, and say, I know on this administrative fee, bank fee, or whatever they call it, which most people don't even know are being, it's being paid, but when you show it to them on the leasing contract, and I know you get a piece of this back, I want you to take the piece that you're getting kicked back and take it off the fee. For example, if it was a $750 fee and the dealer were participating and getting half of that, $375, you can say take $375 off the capitalized cost of my lease, and they may do it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they will. Right. Okay. Uh, the, the other fees, like license, registration, title, tags, etc., plate fees, how can I make sure that they're they're charging me the legitimate fee for that and not inflating that? Well, you can check with the Department of Motor Vehicles, but another way to check is on the documents that they present you, the leasing uh, or the vehicle purchase order. Uh, they have to, by law, charge sales tax on anything that is not a government fee. So if they give you a license fee or registration fee, and they are paying Florida sales tax on it, 6%, then it is not mm -hmm. legitimate. If they are not paying the sales tax, then it would be legitimate. Let's put it this way. If they're, not, if, they're, 
if they're not charging sales tax on something that they should be say, charging sales tax on, they're open to an audit and a severe fine. But sales tax is only charged on non-government fees. Okay. Well, this has been very helpful, Earl. I really appreciate it because, I, I mean, I, my, my view is when I go in to either buy or lease a car, I have to put on my body armor. It's a, it's a <laughs> battlefield, and uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not prepared for it, so I'm trying to get prepared. Well, you're very well prepared. You sound, like, you sound like an educated consumer. A leasing is far more difficult. You have to wear a lot more body armor when you're leasing than when you purchase because there's a lot of different ways they can get you. Uh, some, of the, some of the fees that you haven't mentioned in leasing are the uh, you have a lease inception fee and then you have a lease disposition fee so they get you going and coming uh the fees when you lease the car and when you dispose of the car and there's also the mileage over mileage fee and there's the above average normal wear and tear fee uh and of course you have the traditional dealer fees and other fees so uh you're covered up with fees with a lease on a on a purchase you only have about a third of many fees but uh, you sound like you're knowing what you're doing ron you can take care of yourself I appreciate it. Oh, just the other last question is: I'm under mileage on my current lease now. I, I have thirty-six thousand miles available over the three-year lease, and I have twenty-two thousand on the car. And the, uh, the dealer or the salesperson is saying we can roll over the, these miles and add it on to your new lease, so that instead of taking out twelve thousand miles a year, you could take out ten thousand or perhaps seventy-five hundred and still get more mileage. Is that a legitimate thing? No. They, all, I, once again, they're adding on the cost. You owe that leasing company any extra mileage you put on there. It can be 20 cents or 25 cents a mile, and it has to be yeah. paid. So all they're doing is it is being paid, and they're making you feel like it's not being paid by carrying it forward into the next cost of the purchase or lease on the following purchase. So, yeah, you have to pay that over mileage. Uh, I tell people that get close, uh, if you have an extra car in the family or a bicycle or a motorcycle, you, know, you can, you can yeah. use, use another vehicle to try to minimize the cost because if you have another vehicle, it's not going to cost you near the amount. It's 25 cents a mile if you go over on your lease car. Right. Yeah, well, I'm way under, so I don't have to worry about Good. that. I just didn't know if I was getting really credit for the miles that I haven't used. No, they, won't, they, they want you to think that, but you're, yeah. not, you're not getting credit. Because the deal was made when you signed the lease, and uh, the person that benefits from a low-mileage lease turn-in is the leasing company. They'll sell your car for more money right. uh, than they thought they would. Now, one way you could get that money back, and you might check at the end of your lease, because mm-hmm. you have an option to right. purchase the car. and. The uh, residual value option to purchase, if it's a very low mileage car, you might find out Mm -hmm. that the market value for that car is higher than the residual, which case you could sell the car, you could excise your option to purchase, sell it back to that dealer or another dealer, and you could make a profit, which would be, in fact, reimburse you for the low mileage that you had on the car. Right. That sounds very good. The last thing I just want to mention, I think my strategy is going to be, uh, after having listened to your show, is maybe asking the salesperson to uh, just give me the out-the-door price mm-hmm. for the, uh, you know, all of the fees that I have to pay up front and the out-the-door price for the monthly fee, and then go around to different dealers and see if I can get it lower. Ron, that's in a nutshell. You said succinctly what I take hours to say, the best way you can yeah. possibly buy a car. Uh, the trick is getting that out-the-door price. But if you can get an out-the-door price, actually the amount that you have to write the check out, uh, for yeah. if you can get that from a dealer and then chop it around, that is the very best way to get a great price on a car. 
Yeah, I think that's probably the the easiest way for me to get started doing this. You're exactly so thank right. you again, Earl. It's been uh, absolutely great talking to you, and I, I I learn every time I listen to you on YouTube and uh, talk to you on the phone. Thanks, Ron. It's been great. Hope you can call again. Take All care. Right. Bye bye. This leasing can be so complicated, it and is. someday maybe it'll be just a you know easy easy yeah. i mean there's another issue that i've been confronted with and that is to make sure that your car that you turn in is in the greatest shape and to take pictures yeah. because that can all backfire and yeah. they can say that uh, you know the car scratched uh, dented you know whatever yeah. so the interior exterior everything's extremely important What's so bad about leasing is the fact, not that it's complicated, but it's being forced down the throats of the car consumers. The manufacturers love leasing because they have a, uh, they got a leash around your neck when they lease a car. They know who, who you are, where you are, and they could come and try to get you to buy or lease another car. Whereas when you buy a car, you're foot, you're foot free, and you know what I'm trying to say. Footloose and fancy free, that's the word I'm looking for. And you can go anywhere you want. They don't know where you are, and you can buy another car anywhere. But they got you when they're leasing. Yeah. And they will come at you two or three months before the lease is up. And for some consumers, there's an advantage. Uh, There's an advantage and a disadvantage of leasing a vehicle. Ladies and gentlemen, the telephone number where you can reach us, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, ladies, the first two new lady callers, you can win yourself $50 this morning. So join us. Join us in a exciting show we have a whole lot to talk about exactly before ron's call we had i introduced uh alan napier our collision repair expert love to hear from folks uh on insurance cost uh uh tips to how to avoid being taken advantage of by your insurance company we also have in this video rick kearney and rick is a certified diagnostic master technician that's a mouthful uh, I call him an auto computer scientist because cars are so advanced today. They're really rolling computers. And if you have any questions about your car, maintaining or repairing, uh, how not to be taken advantage of, uh, anything of a mechanical or computer, I should say, electronic nature, Rick Kearney is the guy to call. And uh, Nancy Stewart, who you've heard earlier, she's my co-host. And Nancy is a very, very strong advocate of female car buyers. Uh, females, as you probably know, if you've got anything to say about the uh, about the uh, hashtag MeToo movement, the fact that ladies in this country, in fact, ladies in the world, haven't always been treated fairly. Uh, they're p- treated particularly unfairly in car dealerships. We've seen that uh, with our mystery shops. And uh, Nancy would love to hear from all you. As you say, as she just said a minute ago, $50 for the first new free mail if you haven't called the show before, 50 bucks if you call the show. We sure you know. did set a record last week, didn't exactly. we? First six callers were female. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear from you ladies. You buy half the cars. You have half the jobs. You, you cast half the votes. Uh, you should get your fair share of uh, uh, being treated properly when you go into a car dealership. And Nancy Stewart can help you with that. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're not listening to us on the radio, we mentioned earlier, and Ron mentioned, he was listening to us or watching us on YouTube. You can also watch us on Twitter. You can uh, Periscope, uh, Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Love to hear from you, and I think we have another caller. We do. Welcome to the show, Bob. Good morning. Yes, good morning. 
How are you? Okay? All right. We're great. All right. I have a question for Earl, if you please. Uh-huh. Okay. He's waiting. Okay. okay. All right. Okay, well, bye. What's your question? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Earl? Yes. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Listen, my daughter's planning of buying a used Honda certified car. Uh-huh. And she lives in Gainesville, so does, and she's planning on using the Costco program. Uh-huh. Does it matter which deal she goes to? Well, if she's a Costco member, then she has to go to a Costco certified dealer. And uh, she needs to go online to uh, www.costcoautobuying.com. And that will take her to the website for the Costco auto buying program. Uh, she will be given, once she selects the vehicle that she's interested in, in this case she's looking for a used Honda, then she should go to a Honda dealer. They have a better selection, and she would find the Costco certified Honda dealer in the Gainesville market. I'm not familiar, although I did go to school in Gainesville uh, a long, long time ago. I uh, think there is one in Gainesville and another one in Ocala, but that's about it. Yeah, so they'll mention the Honda dealer that they have certified. When she's online there, they'll ask her for her Costco membership number, and then she'll be able to access that information. She can see the, probably they'll show the Costco dealers in both the Ocala and the Gainesville area, and uh, she can check with both of them. But both of these dealers will have a list of cars uh, with the Costco price. It'll be a price sheet. Uh, the website will also reveal the certified salespeople within those Costco locations. She should make a note of the Costco certified salesperson. Sometimes they even have a picture, and you get the name of the person, and you approach that dealer. I would call first, and I would ask to speak to the Costco certified salesperson, and I would tell the salesperson my name and what I'm interested in, and I was asked them, what is the Costco price on this particular vehicle I'm interested in? Costco has a rule that the price that they sell a Costco member a vehicle for must be less than the price of anything else they sell. If they sell that car to anybody that's not a Costco member, it would be at a higher price. So if you pursue the Costco program in that manner, you will get a great price. They will also have to disclose on the Costco price sheet anything else they add, like dealer installed options like nitrogen and tires or uh, yeah, pinstripes or dealer fees. So it's all out there for the, for her to see, and it's a great way for her to buy a used car. Yeah, I told her about your program, and uh, she said, okay, I'm going to try it. And she's, gonna, and she's a member of Costco. So. Great. Best way. You, but you remember, the Costco auto buying program is only as good as the dealer, and that's the reason you should always be sure you verify the name of the Costco representative. When she gets into the dealership, you need to remind her to ask to see the Costco price sheet. That's very important. Sometimes the salespeople will tell you that they're 
giving of the Costco price, but you need to verify that by seeing the Costco price sheet. If there's any shenanigans, if Costco tries to take it, if the dealer tries to take advantage of it, I anyway. relay the message. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Bob. Okay. Appreciate the call. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Give us a call again, Bob. It was great hearing from you. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com and there you can go and voice your opinion and uh, give us an idea of what you're thinking about and maybe you might think that well we need to improve the show oh. yeah nobody nobody does Great that. Site. nobody has you know I say nobody some people do but very few companies radio stations TV stations uh, anybody says if you want to tell me what you really think about me, you can do it anonymously, but we do that, and that's youranonymousfeedback.com, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Tell us whatever you want to say. we got thick skins. We love to learn. Yeah, we've, ha- we've had a lot of great responses from that, uh, youranonymousfeedback.com. We are going to go to uh, Brighton, Michigan, where uh, Karen is giving us a call this morning. Good morning, Karen. Hi, good morning to you, too. Welcome to I'm the ho- show. I had a cold here, though, but <laughs> like 25 degrees, so... <laughs> wow. Oh. I don't know. Can you hear me? Oh, well, yes. we can. Loud and clear. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I um, was reading an article uh, from um, Earl's blog. I, I guess that's where it's from. And I texted it in last week, but it didn't. they didn't have time to, to address it. I'm sorry. Um, so it's, it was an article about um, the word track, and I did not understand how to use that word track when you're trying to go negotiate a deal. And it was from an article titled, Earl's Suggested Word Track for No Haggle, No Hassle oh, yeah. Buying. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah uh, word track, just a, uh, a paragraph or two that I write that you can either memorize or just or just uh, refer to when you go in. Uh, it's on my blog. <clears throat> it, some some of the things that from rec- from memory that I'll tell you. You'll go into a car dealership, and when they start the shenanigans, and you know what what will you willing to pay today, and if I could get you to to a great deal today, would you buy today? You explain to them what you're doing. And you say, this is kind of like the word track, say, I'm going to buy a car in the next week. I'm not going to buy a car today. So if you think I'm going to buy or sign it today, you can forget about it. What I am going to try to do with you today is I'm going to try to give, have you give me an out-the-door price. Our first caller in the show said, isn't this a good way to really get the best deal is to get an out-the-door price and shop it with other car dealers. It's the very best. So that's what we're trying to do with this word track. You say, I want the out-the-door price, meaning I want your dealer fees, your dealer installed options. I want uh, sales tax. I want your license plate. I want all the accessories on the car and the very best price you're willing to give me. Then I'm going to take that price and I'm going to your competition.
uh, let's say you're looking for a Ford. There are two other Ford dealers in town, and after you give me your best out-the-door price, I'm going to the second Ford dealer and get his best out-the-door price. Then I'm going to the third Ford dealer and get his best out-the-door price. And whoever has the lowest price, that's where I'm going to buy my car. And then you can also say, I'll I'll save your breath because I know what you're going to say if you give me if I give you my lowest price, you'll just shop it and somebody will beat it. Well, the answer to that is yes, they might. And you have a smaller chance of selling me a car if you give me an out-the-door price. But if you won't give me the out-the-door price, and here's the punchline, if you won't give me an out-the-door price, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to walk out to my car in the driveway, parking lot, I'm going to get in that car, and I'm going to drive away, and you'll never see me again. And then I'll go to another Ford dealer, and we'll see what he says. So that is a word track. And you have to be kind of tough to do this, uh, because you have to be willing to hurt a feeling or have someone look at you funny. But if you, if you really implement this, you're telling them, either give me your best price, or there's no way in the world you'll ever sell me a car. A smart salesman or a smart dealer will give you his best price then. It, that's so difficult to do, though. I, I, when we went to buy a Mustang, uh, I went to uh, Mullinex down here. Mm-hmm. They would not give me a buyer's order. Yeah. And he said exactly what you said. He said, yeah. you'll just take it to the competition. They'll beat me by $100, and they'll sell you a car. Yeah. I said, well, if you won't give me a price, how the heck did do you, you expect me to buy from you? Did you ever <laughs> turn around and walk out? Yeah, we left. Okay. I ended up buying a truck. <laughs> I, I went down to Wayne Acres Ford. Same thing. They wouldn't give me a a price price unless I sat down in the finance office. So it's a lot tougher than it sounds. And I ended up going to work and buying a truck. Yeah. Well, Linda, uh, go to the blog uh, on the word track and and uh, read. There there are other suggestions in there. These are just these are just paragraphs that I've thought through very carefully after 50 years in the business of being a car dealer who used to do business the other way, by the way, and. And they're phrased in such a way that the salesperson will understand it, his manager will understand it, and you stick to it, there's a good chance you might be able to really get a good price on a car. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And I have another question. I, I don't know if I really have a, a enough stamina to do all this. And I was reading a lot of reviews on YouTube about people who have had experiences purchasing from a car from Carvana, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, I was wondering what your opinion on that would be. Carvana is a publicly owned company. They are nationwide advertisers. I think there's nothing is going to happen to you with Carvana that is uh, illegal because they have too much exposure, and they're a publicly held company. Uh, they are... They are uh, a lot of hype and advertising. Uh, I think you should consider Carvana for a used car. They don't sell new cars. They sell used cars. And I think you should check their prices and then shop and compare with CarMax, that's another nationally owned company, or your local car uh, dealers. Uh, car dealer, car, cars are, used cars are easy to shop today if you use AutoTrader. I recommend that you go to AutoTrader, A-U-T-O-T-R-D-E-R, AutoTrader.com, and they have the merchandise listed for all used cars in the United States. I'll throw in virtually there, but 
8% of the used cars sold in the United States are shown on AutoTrader. And you can sort the on AutoTrader webpage by price, by make, by model, a year. Uh, you can really streamline your search, and then you can narrow your search down geographically. But check Carvana, check AutoTrader, check your local dealer, check CarMax. It's like almost like buying a new car, shop and compare. But I can't say anything bad about Carvana. I, I think uh, one thing they don't do is charge dealer fees, and I think that's a good thing. But uh, most other cars, the people that sell used cars will charge you a dealer fee, but give Carvana a shot and CarMax. Well, that sounds like a pretty good idea, because um, I did check around my local area for, I'm, I'm in for buying a used car, because the new ones are just way out of line to me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking about getting a, maybe a Kia Optima or a Hyundai Sorento. Good cars. Yeah, but they don't have anything that I want in stock anymore. I w I'm looking for like a 2018, uh, something you, that has... Have you, checked you know, auto, have you checked Auto Trader? Uh, you, I think you'd be surprised. Uh, those are fairly popular cars. And if you go into it to look for uh, a 2018 uh, Sorento or Optima, uh, I think you'll find... You might have to drive a few miles, but you can expand your geographic area just by... You can even say everywhere. You can shop everywhere, but you can go out, you know, 5 miles, 10 miles, 20 miles, or by zip code, and you will find some dealers that do carry those cars. Uh, to save your shoe leather and your gas mileage and your gas, you can just use online. Uh, check with the dealers online. Most dealers now are posting their vehicles online, and the auto trader will have the prices. The thing you have to remember with auto trader is the dealers will add their dealer fees and their dealer installed options. So find an attractive price on a on a Sorento or a Optima. Call the dealer that has it and say, will you please give me the out-the-door price, including your dealer fees and dealer install accessories. And if they'll give it to you over the phone, then you won't be surprised or disappointed when you drive to the dealership. Okay, and, very good. And Linda, and one more question. I don't know if this might be I don't know, off the wall a little bit, but I've been listening to this guy on YouTube who uh, he was uh, used to be a car salesman. Yes. And calls himself 60-minute car. I don't know if you can. He will try and buy a car for you if you wish. Do you know anything about this? Uh, that's a broker type of thing, and brokers can be good. Uh, brokers get paid by the dealer. Uh, the, the problem is how much will the dealer pay? Sometimes dealers will pay too much money to the broker. Uh, brokerage fees can be as high as a thousand or even five thousand dollars. Clearly, you're not going to get a very good price if the dealer has to pay an extra five thousand dollars to the broker. The normal uh, broker fee would be about five hundred dollars. That can be a good investment if he's an honest broker who is really going to deal in your on your behalf. You have to be sure that the dealer has your best interest. I mean, that the broker has your best interest at heart and not the dealer's. Uh, I know people that deal with brokers year after year, and they take good care of that, uh, their customers, and they put their customers first. So until you have an experience with a broker, I'd give a broker a chance. I would say, okay, here's a car I want to buy. What's the price you can get me? Meanwhile, you've already shopped and compared to get prices on that same car from uh, somebody else. So uh, give this fella a try, see how his price compares with the other prices that you got. 
Yeah, he charges a thousand dollars. Sounds too much to me, mm-hmm. Linda. I for a thousand dollars, that's a high fee. I would I would try it on my own. Make him prove that he's going to save you money. Okay. And, Ka- good. and Karen, you know, it's great to hear you uh, talk about used mm-hmm. uh, because, um, you know, today uh, cars last so much longer. You can put so many miles on them and buying used, you save yourself so much money. And there's a lot of people today that are, you know, deciding to buy new because they, I don't know, they kind of want to impress the neighbor. Uh, but used is a, a great place to uh, uh, to start. And with the World Wide Web today, you can empower yourself with so much knowledge and, uh, you know, besides drinking an energy drink before you go out, you can go to the web okay, and we've got get all your information. Now, so let's get m- moving along. I think we have Linda. So, uh, Karen, stay warm, and uh, we'll talk with you soon. Stay in touch. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And we're going to go to Linda, who's calling us from Hope Sound. Hi, Linda. We still got you on the phone here. Linda from Hope Sound. Okay, I guess uh, Linda uh, was got tired of holding, and uh, I think we have some other people on there. Do we, uh, Rudy? Anybody else on the phone? I think we have somebody else on the phone. We'll uh, put our next caller on. Maybe not. Hey, the Carvana thing. If anybody ever opts to do the uh, vending machine purchase and you're in South Florida, call me because I want to go. I want to see that. Yeah, that uh, shows you how much money they spend on promotion and advertising. What yeah. Okay, we got Ka- Pam, first time calling from Hollywood. Hi, Pam. Hi, Pam. Oh, welcome. Hi. Um, thank you. I want. I have a car question. It's not just about buying cars, is it? I want to. I had a question about maintenance. Is that okay? Oh, sure. 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 Okay, um, I I actually have a Prius, and I love it because of the gas mileage, and it's really holding up well. I wanted to know, besides oil changes and getting the tires checked regularly, with the, is what can I do, the best thing I can do to take care of my car? Uh, two words, uh, Pam, owner's manual. If you look at your owner's manual, Toyota has the required maintenance for your Prius for as many miles as you want to own it. And I would recommend that you have all of that recommended by the manufacturer. Now be careful, because if you go into a car dealership, they will have dealership recommended maintenance, which may not be required. But whatever is recommended. Uh, what year Prius do you have, Pam? I'm sorry, what is, oh, 2010. 2010. Uh, 2010, uh, you probably got up the higher maintenance areas now. You look at the mileage you have, and it'll tell you what maintenance has to be done. Rick is our uh, technical expert here. Rick, uh, what do you have to say? Um, other than keeping the tires inflated, which I, on especially on the Prius, keeping those tire pressures up is the most important thing. Change the air filter and the cabin filter about every 30,000 miles. Yeah, based on the owner's manual. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, the coolant at 100,000 miles. And that's it. There's the the Prius is one of the most maintenance free cars out there, and they just they don't quit. They they keep going. Uh, I love it. Oh my gosh, it's it's my buddy. <clears throat> well, thank they you are awesome much. cars. 
Thanks for calling, Pam. Yes. Uh, just read Thank that owner's so manual and go by the letter of the law. Don't do anything else other than what that owner's manual tell, tells you as far as maintenance okay. is concerned. Okay. Thank you so Pam, much. Pam, you won yourself $50. Stay on the nice. line. Stay Are on the line. Do? Give Rudy your contact information. Okay. Yes, I gave it to them. Oh, good. Have a great day. Linda, thanks for calling back. Linda's calling from Hope Sound. Hey, Linda. We still got you there? Yes. Oh, great. How can we help you this morning? Uh, I own a 2016 HRV Honda, which I purchased new. And I'm coming up on 20,000 miles now, mm -hmm. and I'm at the end of my warranty time. I went to the dealership to ask about the extended warranty. I had thought someone would contact me, but no one did, so I went in mm -hmm. and got information on, it's called the Honda Care Warranty, mm -hmm. but it leaves me with questions. Uh, I keep, I don't put on a lot of mileage. I keep the car in the garage. This is a five-year, 80,000 or 80,000-mile 80, warranty. Mm -hmm. And I know today with the electronics in a car and all the computer stuff, it might not be a bad idea. But I need some insight on this and also the comparison on the two different types that they told me about. Linda, what uh, is the cost of the warranty? All right. There are two different types. One features uh, a deductible, mm -hmm. which is a $100 deductible, so it says on the paperwork. Mm -hmm. And it is the cost for the five-year 80,000 miles is thirteen sixty. dollars The one with no deductible, same time, same coverage, is fifteen eighty. Mm -hmm. Linda, my suggestion to you is you've got yourself an excellent car. Hondas are one of the most uh, trouble-free cars you can buy. Uh, got a great reputation with Consumer Reports. Uh, you sound like you maintain your car carefully. You're having all your factory-recommended maintenance done. Uh, I would... I would bank the thirteen hundred and sixty or sixteen hundred and eighty dollars and uh mentally bank it or actually bank it and use it there as a, a kitty if you do have to pay for a repair. Because uh on a on a good car that you maintain properly, especially a Honda and two thousand sixteen uh, Hondas are, are particularly good cars, uh, the likelihood that you'll have to pay uh, one thousand three hundred sixty or one thousand six hundred eighty dollars in repairs are very very slim. Rick has a comment. I would be concerned about anything in the fine print that is not covered, because if they list things like the radio, the stereo system, the uh, computer electronics, or especially the air conditioning components, any of those things that are not covered could be a huge bill. And if this doesn't cover it, it makes this thing worthless. Well, this is a Honda factory warranty. Yeah. So the Honda factory warranties are genuinely um, 
fairly constructed, and they 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 cover a fair amount of components. Mm-hmm. But Rick is right; there they, they certainly don't cover everything. Too often, the salespeople will tell you bumper to bumper, and there's no such thing as a bumper bumper warranty. There's no warranty that covers everything between the uh, bumper between the bumpers. But uh, in your case, uh, you you did the right thing by looking at a Honda warranty as opposed to one that's uh, banked by the dealership or a third-party independent warranty company. Oftentimes, they are very, very lacking in coverage. Oftentimes, they'll only cover the powertrain when, in fact, they don't cover the air conditioners or the navigation system or sometimes even critical items that you would expect would be covered. But uh, if you felt you needed that peace of mind, uh, you would certainly not be uh, crazy to go ahead and buy it. I'd buy the the lower price one, thirteen sixty with a hundred dollar deductible if I were you. But speaking for myself, I would not buy the warranty. I, I recommend you don't buy it. I have one other question in regard to this warranty. Mm-hmm. They charge a surcharge on top of the thirteen sixty, which is one twenty. What is that surcharge for? I don't know. Sounds like another dealer fee. Yeah, it sounds like a dealer, mm-hmm. a dealer extended warranty fee. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of that. Uh, it, 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 I'm not, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it would be interesting if you could uh, uh, either fax or email me uh, a copy of that paperwork. Uh, I, I'd like to read that and see what they, how they try to justify the surcharge. Well, what it says, and, and I don't have the availability to do those things. I'm a dinosaur, Earl. <laughs> anyway, Me too. Me too. <laughs> when you're reading on the eligibility, it says vehicles up to 12,000 on odometer, no oh. surcharge. Vehicles with 12,001 to 24,000 miles, mm-hmm. 120 surcharge. And then with the mileage, the surcharge goes up. I see. Yeah, that's just a way to adjust the price. That, that's not unfair, but I don't like oh. it. I don't like it that they don't just show the full price. But now you're talking 120 on top of 1360 or 1680. But uh, I, th- I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. You're going to keep that Honda uh, for as long as you want. Do your owner's main recommended maintenance, and it's not going to give you a lick of problems, and uh, uh, you'll save yourself uh, over a thousand dollars. Thank you so very much. I, I do enjoy your show. Well, thank you. Please call again. You're a great caller. Thank you, sir. We're going to go to Frank, who's uh, calling us from West Palm Beach. Morning, Frank. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How can we help I'd you? I like to. I'd like to ask a question about my new RAV4. Okay. I have a uh, Honda guy that caused some problems there with the Costco business. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love the car. The whole button for the, uh, the brakes, how does that work? Does that put the car in neutral or what? I'm trying to figure out how that works. The whole button. The Which button is that, sir? Hold, you know, for the brake, when you, when you stop. You, oh, okay. Button, like, okay. So, right, it's, it's when you step on the brake and you've come to a stop and you press the brake a little extra hard and it will actually, the computer will then hold the brakes on so that you've got a moment to switch from the, gas, uh, from the brake pedal to the gas. Yeah, that's for one of those situations like, 
say if you're at a drawbridge or something uh, and you're stopped waiting in traffic and you're on kind of a slope and you don't want your car to roll backwards when you're switching from the brake pedal to the gas pedal that actually just holds on for a moment and it's simply by pressing and holding on the brake a little hard the computer will activate the ABS and just hold the brakes engaged and as soon as you touch the accelerator pedal it lets the brakes off and lets you go again I don't like okay, those I, I yeah. yeah I don't like it Frank I just like to keep my foot on the brake and, and uh, it's also so you can take your foot off the brake why you don't want to do that right. I don't know and that way it won't creep forward but if some engineer thought this is a good idea I never have liked those things but that's what it is it's so you can text and if your foot comes off the brake a little bit you don't <laughs> hit the car in front of you <laughs> Let, let's be honest it's a text button it's, it's it's good when you hit the uh, drawbridges and you sit there for five, yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, if you want to put your feet up on the dash or something, yeah. I actually find it better than put the car in park. Yeah. You'll actually, by sitting in park, you'll use le- a little bit less fuel and it's less wear and tear on the brakes and your car can just sit and wait until you're ready to go again, then shift into drive and away you go. Okay, okay. I, I just was wondering how that works. Now I know. Well, Frank, thanks very Thank much. Very for the, much. Hey, Frank, were you listening to the earlier call? The lady from Michigan that asked about, or maybe it was another place that asked about Costco. Yeah, the man from uh, Gainesville. Uh, and I gave him the advice. Oh, yeah. Frank, Frank called in a, a couple of weeks ago, came into my dealership, and we had a salesman tell him that he doesn't have to look at the Costco price sheet. And uh, we found the salesman. And we tied him to a tree and we horse whipped him. I'm just teasing. We didn't really do that. But it just goes to show you that you have to be very careful in all car dealerships. You can be dealing with True Car. You can be dealing with Costco. But when you're dealing with a salesperson who hasn't been trained properly, or maybe he has been trained properly and he's just trying to take advantage. But if you're a Costco uh, member, be sure you physically see that price sheet and frank was denied it in my dealership i was so embarrassed but we appreciate the call frank you exposed a problem i didn't know i had well it's, it's uh i think he's a, a used car sale from someplace else yeah and it's still in his blood yeah <laughs> frank thanks thanks very much and please call again all right thank you very much bye-bye have a good day Okay, we're going to go to Howard. Thanks for your patience, Howard. Been hanging there for a while. Howard's calling from Jupiter. Hi, Howard. Hi, how are you doing here? Beautiful day. I'm walking on the beach and it's beautiful. Great. Uh, Great weather. I like cool weather. If you could call it cool. Okay, uh, let me make a couple of uh, comments on the car washes. I was reading that uh, if you car wash that. Damage to the paint. Howard, says, uh, Howard, yeah. your voice is coming across bro- broken up. If you're walking on the beach, maybe you can slow down a little bit. You're walking too fast. I can't understand you. Okay, can you hear me better now? I do. Uh, yes, I hear you real well now. Okay, great. So, uh, when they're uh, uh, they have brushes, uh, the cars can. Uh, uh, suffer damage on, on the paint and the brushes. Uh, so, uh, there's also damage done to the paint. So my suggestion is don't use a car wash. Do it yourself. 
Does that make sense? Well, Howard, not everybody has a yard and a driveway and a and a, a place to hook up a hose or anything. We have, especially down here, we have so many people live in condos and apartments, and they have rules against uh, some even some of the housing communities. The HOAs don't let, allow car washing in your driveway, but there are different kinds of automatic car washes. The old style that had the uh, big plastic brushes that just drug across the top of your car. Yeah, those left marks in the paint. Um, now they have a, a softer fabric and foam. Um, if it's a main, well-maintained car wash and it's not got a lot of dirt and grit in it, which it's it's a coin toss, you know, it's a gamble. Uh, those aren't going to damage your car. And then they also have brushless automatic car washes uh, that are very effective. Um, but anytime anything touches the paint on your car, uh, it's like anything else. Friction causes wear. So if you go to an automatic car wash once a week and, you, and it's beating the heck out of your car, it is going to be causing some minor damage, but usually... Uh, the benefits of the car wash outweigh the very, very minor scratches you might get from the car wash. If I detail the car, uh, if I wax it, do I have to compound it first? No. And wax it, or should I? No. Okay. You never compound a car unless you're trying to correct a specific issue, because compound has grit or pumice in it, and you're, you're basically you're using liquid sandpaper on the car. So you, it's not necessary to compound a car ever unless you're trying to remove a scratch or a defect, maybe some chemical etching or something like that. Because compound, like I say, it's just like sanding. And when you're sanding a scratch out, you're really not sanding a scratch out. You're sanding the good paint around the, the scratch down to the level of the scratch. You're, you're hiding a scratch by, by creating more damage to your paint, basically. Uh, but compounding is a bad idea. Even if you have a residue on your car, uh, a lot of people have a lot of iron in their water. And when the, when the uh, sprinklers are on, they end up with that gold, yellow, brown tint that gets on their paint. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get off. And people, they bring cars in to my job all the time and ask me to, to compound their cars. And it's like, you don't want to do that. There are chemicals available that we can wipe that off. And actually, uh, that stuff comes off pretty easy with just a cleaner wax. When you go to Walmart or AutoZone, there's wax, there's paste wax, there's liquid wax. Get a liquid cleaner wax, and you can usually uh, just wipe that, that type of residue off. Compounding's a bad idea. Uh, uh, if I have paint, white, white paint in the car, uh, is that... Um uh, a clear coat also, or, or is that void of clear coat, 040? 040 is, it's debatable. We've never really been able to get an answer if that's um, uh, clear coated or not. We do know that code 040, that's a Toyota solid white paint code for those of you that don't know. I imagine most of you don't. Um, because the only real unless you witness a car being painted the only way to tell if something is clear coated or not say on a black car if you go with a piece of sandpaper and you sand it just a little bit and what comes off on the sandpaper is white then you're sanding the clear coat off 
if you sand a black car and you look at the the dust the powder that's in the sandpaper and it's black then it's not a clear coated car well with white you don't know because the clear coat and the white are both going to come off white in the sandpaper uh, and the code 40 i i don't know i honestly don't know i have to assume that it is clear coated but then why why do they oxidize the way they do? I don't know. I will make that my mission to find out. Well, I've tried. I've asked. Thanks for the information. Guys. Take care, Howard. It's always good to hear from you. Enjoy the beach. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think we have some text, don't we, Rick? We do have a couple in. Uh, Dave G says that he's got several dealers fighting back and forth for his business and he just wanted to mention that the car he's looking at he's already gotten them down to $3,500 below MSRP mm -hmm. so I think that's pretty impressive and Skywalker is asking what's the best way to can get I, can I comment on that please yeah uh, $3,500 off MSRP sounds like a really good deal but until you know the year, make, model, uh, you're not sure. Uh, there are markups that can only be measured in terms of relativity. So if you're looking at a markup on a Ford and you have three Ford dealers and the, lo and the best markdown discount is $3,500, is a, it is a good deal. But you can have a $10,000 margin on a car depending on rebates, holdbacks, incentives, uh, and other criteria, automotive pricing in new cars is very complex. So you're doing the right thing, Dave G., and you've got three dealers fighting. That's great. As long as the discount is measured against the best discount of two other dealers, you're okay. But in terms of absolute um, amount, you can't say $3,500 is good or bad. And if I could add one thing to that, too. Make sure, Dave G., that specifically they're talking about the MSRP, yes. the Monroney label, Good because point. dealers have suggested retail prices. I see the commercials on TV all the time, $10,000 off suggested retail. Exactly. Well, it's the made-up suggested retail that the dealer put on the car. It's not the Monroney label. So to make sure that it's apples to apples, make sure they're both specifically talking about the MSRP on a Monroney label. Great point. Mm. Okay, and Skywalker has commented, what, he's asking, what is the best way to get the best price on your trade-in? Shop it like you would uh, anything else. You want to be uh, talking to the dealers that sell your maker car. So if you've got a... Uh, Mercedes, you go to three Mercedes dealerships, used car departments. Stay away from the new car department. Call and make an appointment with a used car manager and say, I've got too many cars in the family. My son's going away to college. Make up a story. And I've got this Mercedes. i got to sell it. I'm going to take it to two other Mercedes dealer used car departments. What's the price you'll pay me for this Mercedes? And you do the same thing twice more, and you got three bids on your car. Now choose a Mercedes dealer that you want to buy your Mercedes from, 
And it might be the deal that gave you the best price. It might not. But wherever you buy it, you're going to have the best price you can. If a Mercedes dealer you want to buy your new one from doesn't give you the best price, sell it to the other Mercedes dealers. Shop and compare. CarMax, if you're near CarMax, is a good place to get another bid because CarMax buys a ton of cars over the curb, they call it, and they'll give you a bid on the car too. Hmm. And I'm going to make a point that Earl usually makes that I didn't hear him make. Your trade-in and your purchase need to be two separate transactions. Exactly. I'm lazy. Most of us are lazy. We just want to go in, hand yep. them our keys, yep. give me what you're going to give me, give me the best price on the car, and we, we turn it into one transaction, hmm. which gives them so much more opportunity to, to fudge the numbers and, give uh, a lot of and take advantage of us. So two separate transactions. You're selling a car and you're purchasing a car. Right? Absolutely right. Okay, and we've got an anonymous text stating they, just this past Saturday, they were able to get a 19 Corolla, 2019 Toyota Corolla SE, out the door for 17800 and they got them to throw in window tint and body side moldings. And they wanted to know, did you think that that was a good deal? Well, this is why we miss Stu. Stu's in uh, uh, North Carolina or South Carolina getting an award somewhere. And he's the one that normally looks this up on. So I have to plead ignorance on this. I, I will do this. I will research it. And I will tell you if that's a good price. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it sounds, I'm not even going to say it sounds good or sounds bad. But if you were shopped and compared it with three Toyota dealers, uh, it's probably a very good price. And if you looked at your paperwork and you saw that they didn't add fees <coughs> that were not disclosed when they quoted you the price, if you know that the 17.8 was an out-the-door price, it's probably a good deal. Okay. And our last one we have, what do you guys think of scratch-off tickets that dealerships send out in their ads? Can I expect to go there, get a prize, and go home? <laughs> scratch-off prizes, I'm, I assume you're talking about... Uh, <laughs> Scratch off for how much you won. Right. You're when win. you get an yeah. ad in the paper, yeah. they send you something in the mail, and it's got this yeah. thing that says, come into the dealership and scratch this off in yeah. front of our salesman, yeah. and you could win a, a set of golf clubs or a new TV or yeah. something wonderful. And If you read the fine print, you'll find that there is a there's some really good prizes there. There'll be sailboats and motorcycles, new cars, homes, and all that kind of stuff. There'll be some prizes that you're not really sure uh, what they are maybe a uh, vacation uh, maybe it's a uh, don't forget a cruise yeah, they're giving away a lot are, of cruises there are a lot of things that will have a high perceived value but literally have practically no value and uh, there'll be some obvious things that'll may, maybe cost five bucks so you, you can be assured you're going to get one of the five buck presents and it's worth five bucks to get you in the dealership. Might even be worth ten bucks to get you in the dealership. But you're not going to win the ski lodge, and you're not going to win the Rolls Royce. Not going to happen. Mm. Uh, it's a numbers game. They'll send out ten thousand mailers. Typical re response will be two percent. So they'll have two hundred people come in, and they'll close twenty-five percent of those, and twenty percent. So they'll, they might sell fifty cars, or forty cars, and they spent. Uh, $18,000 on the promotion. It's a numbers game. Hmm. You know, I, I got one a few months ago that it must cost them $30, $40 to mail it to me. 
it was a scratch off and then it had a little thing where you scratched off to get your numbers and it had the prizes underneath and then you pushed a little button and this little LED uh, light started flashing with yeah. a number and lo and behold I matched a number. And then I let it sit there and blink till the battery went dead, and I threw it away. <laughs> um, but Great it, idea. It had to cost them a fortune. Yeah, the direct the direct mail uh, are the lowest form, the most deceptive form of advertising. That's because it flies below the radar of the regulators. Not that the regulators pay any attention, but no. they they definitely not they're not going to send a direct mail piece to the attorney general. You know, they don't they know who they send the direct mail pieces to. They don't send it to any regulators or legislators. And they just uh, can get away with murder. I've never seen a direct mail piece, and I see a lot of them, my customers bring them into me, that has been legal or legitimate. No free lunch. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And, Rick, do we have any more texts over there? We have one more. Uh, Remy D. from the YouTube channel is asking a question on leases. Are there disadvantages or advantages for returning a leased car at the end of the lease to a different dealership? It has to be to a dealership of the make car you lease, but you can take it to a different dealership. Wherever you take it, just be sure that there's a thorough inspection made of the car. There should be paperwork, which is an inspection sheet, and you should sign off on it. You should also keep a copy of it. And you should see exactly what is checked off and what's not checked off. They're going to check your tired, tire tread. They're going to check your paint. They're going to check your upholstery, uh, your, your mileage, all the different factors that can affect the value of that car. And just be sure that the car condition is exactly represented as the way you see it. A really good thing to do, and everybody's got a camera in their pocket today with their smartphone. Take pictures of everything. Take pictures of your tread. Take pictures of your, your body, the auto body. Take pictures of the interior of the car. Take a picture of your odometer reading. That way you can document if they try to come back at you. Many times these cars are not inspected by the leasing company for weeks. I've seen it with months later. A car sitting there with a tank of gas on a dealer's lot uh, is, a, is a real temptation for a salesman. Wee. And they'll pick up, they'll, t- t- they'll take an off-lease car, and they'll drive it for a couple of weeks. Suddenly, your mileage is a few hundred or a thousand miles more than you thought it was. So happens every day, ladies and document gentlemen. Document it. Document it. Yes. And, and lease storage for a dealer is a pain. Yes. And so you're in the worst part of the real estate. These cars are parked down in a dirt lot yeah. under, under the trees. And that's why the photo documentation is so uh, necessary because it's going to be crammed in. And I do mean crammed in where you practically got to crawl out the window yeah. because they're taking valuable real estate. Yeah. Never, <laughs> le- never leave it until you get that inspection report. And if you get a bill from the leasing company, uh, whether you have documentation or not, you should. But if you have, if you have a, a charge, $1,000 is typical from your leasing company for above average wear and tear, contest it. Contest it because you'll usually find they have a guilty conscience and they'll cut, the, cut it a little bit for you. Sometimes they'll eliminate it. I know from personal experience because I fight for my customers all the time with leasing with the a leasing company and I'm batting about a thousand. If I go in there and, and raise heck about 
I know the car was in better condition than this, the tread depth was better, the paint was in better shape, they will knock something off, and sometimes I get them to knock the entire charge off. Contest your above average wear and tear report. Okay. Any more text? Yeah, we just got a new one in. Uh, Vicky from Palm Beach Gardens is asking, for every recall on a new car, how much does that devalue the car for resale? Vicky, that's a great question. You know something? I don't think it devalues it much at all. That is a sad statement on the lack of awareness that people have of recalls. You would think that a recalled car, let's, let's take, take a Takata airbag that's recalled, and there is no fix available. You would think that the value of that car would plummet. If you, have a, you could have a Takata recalled car with a passenger and uh, driver's side recall with the inflator not available maybe for six months or a year here's a car that can explode in your face and kill you you would think that would have some effect on the resale value yeah and for the people that aren't our regular listeners if you don't know what the Takata uh, airbag recall is they're recalling these things because of the de- deterioration these things can go off on their own, yes. but even even going off in an accident, the the casing, the housing has deteriorated. It's been chemically deteriorated, so rather than just inflate the airbag, it's exploding the metal housing and sending shrapnel, just like a hand grenade, throughout the uh, interior of the car. People have died from it. You go and to uh, safercar.org, yeah. www.safer car.org. That's the National Highway Traffic Safety Association website. S-A-F-E-R-C-A-R dot org. And put your VIN number in and check and see it. The funny thing is, it's not funny at all, but the reason it doesn't devalue the car is because car dealers are legally permitted to sell that car without disclosure of the uh, airbag or any other dangerous recall. So car dealers are openly and aggressively selling a lot of cars with dangerous recalls. We document this on this show every week, and we find out that unless you ask or check the CarMax report, which you should, a Carfax, I'm sorry, Carfax report, unless you check the Carfax report or check with the dealer, uh, the manufacturer, or safercar.org, if you don't do it yourself, buyer beware, they will not tell you. So why should the car dealer lower the price just because there's a dangerous recall? Terrible. And we just got another one in. Uh, good morning. Is it possible to minimize the time and hassle in the box? Can I tell the F&I guy I don't want any extras or any pressure, just this vehicle? I usually like the sales experience, but the box is terrible. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'll tell you why I love that. This is, I have to tell you a little story when I answer that. Uh, a couple days ago, I had a call from a Wall Street Journal reporter. She's an automotive reporter. Her name is Adrienne Roberts. And she was asking me about the finance and insurance department and what, what profits they made there. So I'm hoping she'll do uh, a Wall Street Journal article on the dangers of the box. And I said to Adrian Roberts, she's a young woman, and I said, you probably never saw the movie Cool Hand Luke. In the movie Cool Hand Luke, there was something called the box. And if a prisoner misbehaved, the movie is about prisoners and people in a jail, and the prisoners misbehaved in the in the jailhouse, there was something worse than the jail, and they called it the box. And it was looked like an outhouse, and it was outside in the hot Georgia sun, and they took Paul Newman. He was uh, the 
he was the prisoner, and they would put him in the box and leave him in there for two days in the hot sun, and he would just be exhausted. Roosted. And, was, and when they opened the door, you couldn't sit down. You had to stand up halfway, and he would just fall out, and they'd carry him back. And so that's the box, and that's why they call the Finance Insurance Department the box, because it's a terrible place. So uh, the box is something that uh, dealers make most of their money on. The average profit on a new car today is somewhere in the neighborhood, and I'm talking South Florida market, uh, $800 or $1,000. In the box, in the finance insurance department, they make over $1,000 at least. And I'll give you a real number, and I told Adrian Roberts, the Wall Street Journal reported this, and she can verify it, because AutoNation is a publicly held company. AutoNation makes over $2,000 on every car in the box in the finance department dealers are having to make the money in the finance department because it's become so competitive in the new car department they have to make their profit in finance and insurance got your mind right yet luke that's right there you go (laughs) (laughs) well her her question of how do you how do you how do you cut to the chase with the f and i guy yeah, I forgot the question. I'm glad you told me what the question was. I got so carried away. Uh, that was a great story, though. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cool hand, Luke. So, sorry about that. The, the, the best thing you can do is you bought the car, and there's really nothing else that you want to buy. Remember that. And you don't want to buy the extended service contracts. You don't want to buy the maintenance contract. You don't want to buy the gap insurance. Maybe you want the gap insurance. The, the thing you need to remember is, don't buy anything until you fully understand it and read about it. And it's almost impossible to do that in the emotional-packed time after you bought a new car and while you were in the finance and insurance department. Uh, you should take anything that they want to sell you and digest it, take it home, study it before you purchase it. They'll tell you you have to buy it now or else you're not eligible for it. That's nonsense. When you walk in to have your car financed, you should have already had bids from your bank and your credit union. Those bids should give you the interest rate and the terms and the down payment. If the car dealer, through his financing, can improve that, lower down payment and lower interest and better terms, or at least lower interest, then you should consider their financing. But nine times out of ten, your bank or your credit union is going to give you a better deal. So just... You'll have to sign some papers in there. Just be sure you don't buy something that you didn't think you were buying. Great advice. Ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, stay in control. And if you can't, walk away. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, to uh, my statement about advising our our listeners just to walk away, uh, have you ever known anyone uh, who said, hey, listen, I'm not going into the F&I office. I'm not going in. I'm not going in right now. I have my car. I'm going to go home. I'm going to digest a few things. uh, you, you know, use the, the language, I'm going home, I'm going to empower myself, and I'll be back. I do know a few brave souls. Uh, when you pay cash... Brave souls? Brave souls. Oh. I do know, uh, when you're paying cash, and a lot of people pay cash, not a lot, but 
you know, maybe 25% pay cash. Uh, you've got your, it's not really cash. You might have got a check from the bank hmm. or your credit union, but you're not using their financing. There's literally no reason to be in, into a office where they keep trying to sell you products like gap insurance and things of this nature. Uh, but, um, yeah, just say, here's my check. There's my car. Goodbye. And there's no reason that you have to sign anything when you're paying cash. I don't see anything wrong with doing it that way. Makes it real easy to stay in control. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a great uh, mystery shopping report coming up, and that's from uh, Mullinex Ford. Uh, and uh, also, I'm going to remind you about the youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, you can go there and voice your opinion. And also, don't forget that we've got uh, three different ways that we're streaming today. And uh, I'll remind you uh, that it is uh, Facebook, uh, it is uh, Periscope, uh, Twitter. Uh, I forget something? YouTube. Great. Okay. Now back to the recovering card Did dealer. you have a comment there, Alan? Yeah, just getting back to being in a box. Um, oh, boy. Two suggestions. You know what your personal habits and your history are. If you're prone to losing things, most dealers now offer key insurance. Some of these keys, by the time you purchase the keys, get both of them reprogrammed and everything, is several hundred dollars. So if you're, if you're prone to losing keys, and you know some people do, some people don't lose things, get the key insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing is wheels. Uh, just about every car now comes with alloy wheels. Most of them are, are $400 to $1,200 per wheel. Mm -hmm. if, if you have a history, and if you've ever had to replace uh, a wheel, you know how expensive it is, consider the wheel insurance. Yeah. So sometimes when you're in the box, I know it's irritating, but uh, think back to, to what you've lost and what you've damaged, and, and do you want to put out uh, $1,000 uh, yeah. because you lost your keys? Well, or, let me, it's a good point, let, Alan. Let, let, let me make this point. There, you know, there's nothing wrong with insurance of, uh, for keys or wheels. It's the price that yeah. I'm concerned about. Yeah. And the problem is usually the prices in the finance departments of car dealerships are inflated. Now, there's, you could probably buy yourself key insurance somewhere else. I don't, I'm not sure where. Uh, but I think if you went online and you shopped and compared prices, when you go into a finance department, the products, they'll have a menu. And this menu will have sometimes a half a dozen, sometimes a dozen or more products. They are typically marked up very, very high. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to buy anything without comparative, uh, comparative pricing. I would take the products that they wanted to sell me, and then I would take it home and digest it. And if they told me I had to buy them now or don't buy them, I'd say, good, I'm not going to buy them. I would say, if you want me to think about it, I might come back tomorrow and buy it. But if you're telling me I have to buy it now, I'm not going to buy it. Then I would shop and compare the key insurance or what other sort of a product they want to sell me in the finance department. And insurance is a matter of peace of mind to some people. I'm just one of these people, if I feel like... I got a good product, and I'm not going to need any insurance help. I'm not going to buy the insurance, but other people feel differently. Rick, we got another one? We do. Uh, LJ is asking, what do you think about buying extended warranty on a brand-new Toyota from your credit union? 
from the credit union. Well, credit unions are in business like other businesses. They sell products and they make a profit. It's a not-for-profit, I believe. I believe credit unions are not-for-profit. I'm not sure I'm right about that. Uh, maybe they're profit-making credit unions. I'll have to research that. But, yeah, they will sell you uh, um, extended warranties. Again, as I answered to Alan's question before, shop and compare. The best extended warranties are the ones the manufacturer offers. So if you're driving a Honda, go to Honda and see what they have to offer. Typically, the manufacturer's extended warranties are a better value. Uh, and according to Google, credit unions are not-for-profit organizations that exist to serve their members. Well, that's, that would tend to indicate they're probably a little more legitimate. There are some not-for-profit organizations out there that aren't so legitimate, but that's a different story. That's a different show. Well, and the, the other thought would be they're buying a, a warranty. The credit union's got to buy the warranty from somebody. Somebody. So somebody out there is going to make a profit. Exactly. Yeah. Shop and compare, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go to Tina, who's calling us from Bonita Springs. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Hi, Tina. Can you hear me all right? It's kind of breaking up just a little bit. Yep. I hear you loud and clear. How can we, uh, what do you got okay, to talk awesome. about? Awesome. Okay, well, I was just looking online again, and there's this big recall. The Toyota FRS and the Subaru BRZ, not all years. I do believe it's years 2011 to 2014. But there is an engine pro engine recall, a big, huge engine recall, and it has to do with the valve spring. So if you have, you'll have to look online to see the exact year, but this is a pretty major thing because it means the engine has to be, it's, it's like deep within the depths of the, of the engine. I think Rick could tell everybody a whole lot more about, about a valve spring than I can. So take it away, Rick. <laughs> yeah, um... This is a rather interesting one because it's actually cars for the Toyota version. We're, we're from March of 2012 to July of 13, and there were about 25,000 cars involved in this where we're supposed to replace the valve springs on these engines. However, and the Subaru BRZ, basically it's the same car but the one produced by Subaru, so they've got the same situation. There's also a big problem that a lot of people aren't aware of that a lot of these engines, when they're coming into dealerships, already have internal engine problems. And these engines, once the technician rebuilds it, puts the new springs on, suddenly these engines are failing. It's a very wide problem through Subaru and Toyota. And we've been battling at our dealership. We've already been battling back and forth with Toyota. Many other dealerships, I, I have this from sources that I won't even mention, but many other dealerships are having this issue. So if you own a Subaru FRS or Subaru BRZ or the Scion FRS and you have this recall, I urge you to have patience because I think this situation is going to change. And instead of putting springs in it, they're going to have to step up and start doing major engine repairs on so these are you, cars. So are you suggesting that removing and replacing the springs precipitates the engine problem? No, I think the cars already have major problems before they even get in there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that i found that other dealerships are doing, before they even start work on the engine, they're pulling the oil pan off, which is not necessary for this actual recall. Mm -hmm. But they're pulling the oil pan off just to inspect that pan. 
to see if there's any signs of metal that has gotten in there because apparently it's not just the springs. There's other issues with these engines. Wow, this is a Watergate kind of thing. Well, it and very much is. And the manufacturers are blaming the dealers. Yeah. The and manufacturers are blaming the dealers, and the only the only thing that's going to protect the consumer and the dealer in this case is Subaru or Toyota, but it's ultimately a Subaru motor. They need to send remanufactured, or I'm sorry, uh, complete engines to the dealers because they're saying the dealers don't know how to build these engines, right? Uh, so you build them and send us a replacement and we'll put it in there. Right. Everybody's pointing fingers back and forth. It's terrible Nobody's situation. accepting the blame. Yeah. And the, the customer's getting caught in the middle. Tina, yep. you didn't know you had a breaking news story here, did you? You just you just exposed a huge... Uh, no. A huge <laughs> I'm glad. And I, and I do believe it's expanded to a million cars now. That's what I've heard. I'm not for sure on that. But, you know, you think... You think that Subaru would learn the first time because Subaru has been notorious for what is that part? I'm trying to think of it. It's right in the tip of my tongue, but it's, uh, oh, my goodness. I can't think of the name of the part, but part of their engine, uh, the valves, not the valve cover, it's something else. But they're notorious for that mm-hmm. failing, and that's like a $2,500 repair. And I, I uh Aggravating. You think I should know this? <laughs> well, Subaru is a great car. Anyway, I mean, we're let's let's not badmouth Subaru boxer too. Engine. Yeah. Their boxer engine has a particular failure that's very common, and everybody that owns this boxer engine knows that they're going to have to replace this. The head gasket. Oh, head right. gasket failure. You think? Yeah, I'm such an idiot. You think that um, the Subaru would learn from the head gasket debacle, but they haven't. Yeah, because the Subaru side of it. Not only is it on the BRZ, but also the uh, Subaru Impreza and their Impreza station wagon. A lot of those use that same boxer engine, and this is where mm-hmm. they're having these issues. Well, this is good that you got it out on the air, and a lot of folks out there who own these vehicles <clears throat> need to know they could be caught in the middle on this because you've got a fight here between the manufacturers and the dealers, and you're caught in the middle. You're the customer. So uh, stay tuned. We will uh, keep you advised on this show. Uh, we will do some investigating, and we will report back to you next week. But Tina, thank you. You're yes. You're Tina. the what? A, who are the Watergate? Who are the Watergate reporters that broke it? Uh, <laughs> Woodward and Bernstein. Wasn't yeah, you're 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 like oh, a, and and one more Woodward, and one either, more Woodward thing before Bernstein. I go. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. But for those young men and some of us young ladies that love to modify our vehicles, you know what? Sometimes you're better off. Not modifying your vehicle because you never know. You just do not want your warranty warranty voided, mm-hmm. and you don't want any kind of very expensive repair work to be denied because you modified something. Exactly. So that's something to keep in mind. Okay. Great information, Tina. Tina, no. Tina Woodward or yep. Bernstein from Anita uh, <laughs> <Anita> Springs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Give us a call again, Tina. We love hearing from you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Looks like we got a call from St. Louis, and uh, Glenn's been holding. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, all. Hi, um, Glenn. About six, I, I listened to your advice on buying the key insurance mm-hmm. and oh about six months ago i bought two ford escapes one for my wife one for my son and after following the girl's advice um i got to a price where i was that i was happy it was a done deal 
except I just hadn't quite signed yet. And I dealt with a young lady, salesperson, mm-hmm. and I said, okay, if you throw in an extra key, because my people are just what you say, they're prone to lose things. Mm-hmm. I said, if you throw in an extra key, it's a done deal. And it took two minutes, and they came back and said yes. I And I know the dealers have access to keys a lot a lot cheaper than they charge. Um, well, way to and, go, Glenn. And I'm not, I'm not sure, but the the escapes I bought in, in 09, you could make your own key if you got a blank. Yeah. And and you but you had to have two keys yeah. to do it, two active keys. Now I don't know if that's still true or not, but I thought, hey, if you lose one key, you can get a blank. And, and make your own keys. So well, Glenn, you probably you might have got somebody else's key because two keys, two smarts keys come with every car. So uh, I think you probably drove, drove such a hard bargain that they took somebody else's car key and gave it to you. Uh, what uh, I do know this that a lot of the smart keys now are being offered by outside manuf- outside companies. Uh, Ace Hardware is one of them. And I've had a couple calls from people that have gone into Ace and gotten smart keys for their cars that were crazily priced by the dealer, uh, $300, $400. Exactly. And they're buying them for less than $100. Yeah. So check with Ace Hardware uh, if a dealer tries to overcharge you for a key. And I love your idea, Glenn. That's a great idea. I never even thought about it. You go in, and first of all, you should get two keys. But you can work that too. You can say, "Look, you got me. You got me two keys. Uh, we got a deal here. If you give me a third key, mm-hmm. and they'll, there's a third key somewhere." What I do. <laughs> yep. There's also I, I know Ace. There's an Ace by me, and they weren't able to duplicate keys when I checked. Okay. I, they do duplicate keys. They couldn't do mine. Yeah. Um, but there's a oh, there's an outfit here in St. Louis. I don't know if they're nationwide. It's Batteries plus, or batteries and bulbs, or something. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. duplicate keys. Yeah, and they, they quoted a price of like a hundred and ten dollars, which yeah. is more than I wanted, but yeah, a more, lot more. More and more people are doing it, and the machinery, the equipment. We, I think, we recently bought some equipment at my dealership for this. So, if someone want, wants to make the investment, it's fairly expensive, uh, but if you make the investment, you can. In competition, what's bringing the price of these keys down? When you have enough people like Ace Hardware and and this battery company you mentioned in St. Louis making the keys, competition will bring the cost of the smart keys down so you don't get ripped off by the dealer. Earl, thanks for all your help. I love your program. Thank you. Thanks, Glenn. Meet me in St. Louis, Louis. I had to say that. (laughs) You know I was born there, right? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I'm a St. Louisan. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, speaking of mystery shopping reports, uh, we're almost there yet. We've got a. We can take another call or two. We might have some text, but we shop Mullen X Ford, as as Nancy Stewart mentioned, and they are on our recommended dealer list. And I'm going to tell you, it's a real shocker. Uh, Mullen X Ford is a family dealership, multiple dealerships. There, um, half a dozen at least, I think, in Florida. And they advertise no dealer fees, and we got a shocker coming up. And I just want you to stay tuned for that mystery shopping order. I have something I want to mention, speaking of Nancy Stewart. Uh, Nancy Stewart and I will be speaking uh, to a group in the latter part of April. Seniors for... Uh, Florida seniors. Attorney General's Office, Seniors Against, against crime. crime. 
Florida Attorney General's Office, Seniors Against Crime. We were approached by the group. Big. And they were being, their members, seniors in South Florida, are being taken advantage of by car dealers in an epidemic proportion. And they called us out of desperation and said, would you please speak to our group? So we're so proud and so happy to be able to speak. It'll be somewhere in the Palm Beach County area, and we're going to try to invite as many seniors as possible. But that is the Florida Attorney General's Office Seniors Against Crime group that... uh, and we will be speaking in late April. It'll be after Easter and Passover yeah. at the very end we'll of April. Be done, we'll be announcing more information mm-hmm. on that speaking engagement. We'll keep uh, you posted there. Yeah, it's going to be big. And you have a text, Nancy? Uh, I do. I've seen a lot in the news about automatic emergency braking, AEB. Can you tell me exactly what this is and why it's such a good thing? I'm in the market for a new car. Can you tell me what cars have it available now and what cars will have it available soon? Thanks very much, Marianne. Well, I think this is a a question that all of us can uh, chime in on. Uh, But first, I'll tell you that uh, this automatic emergency uh, braking system, uh, what it does is uh, it uh, prevents you from having a head-on collision, can save your life, and it can save another person's life. And uh, it's a safety feature that's uh, very much uh, necessary. And uh, there's, there's a few cars that have it right now. And they are the Toyota, the Tesla, the Volvo, and the Mercedes. Hmm. Tesla's got everything. And uh, in, uh, I think uh, you'll be able to find a whole lot more by 2022. Yeah, I think they mandated it uh, required on cars. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But, you know, remember how excited we all got about the backup camera? Mm-hmm. That's how excited I'm getting about this automatic emergency braking. I mean... I hate to admit this, but the other day I'm going in my garage, and I don't know what I was thinking. And basically it saved me from ramming the uh, end of the garage. Again. It, it, yeah, again. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. But it has, it, it, it has a sonar thing, I guess, and it just it, it, it feels whatever's going out. So if you've got a, a kid or a dog or a, a brick wall or a car stops in front of you, the darn thing just... It goes beep, 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 and then it gives you a big flash, and then it just absolutely stops the car. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, I was doing a product knowledge test the other day on the 20 and 19 Corolla hatchback, you know, the uh, Toyota Global uh, architecture car. Yeah, yeah. And I did not know that they now have sign recognition. They have pedestrian detection, bicy- yeah. bicyclist uh, detection. Uh, the white lines on the roads, the skippy lines on the road. They're using all kinds of stuff. They well, can and they can read three road signs at a time. Wow! Just all kinds of really neat stuff. But uh, my my advice to Marianne is uh, whatever, get the most of all the safety technology that you can afford and the best and the best uh, brand, whatever your preference is. But I I love all this stuff. Mm, can save a life. The feature I'm waiting for, though, the one thing I want to see is an automatic love bug deflector. (laughs) Something that keeps love bugs from hitting the front of your car. I want that. 
Hey, I saw a bobcat cross uh, North Lake this morning on the way in, by the way. Not that uh, that has anything to do with what we're talking about. But yeah. I'm not, but, I, but, but, I, I don't want to minimize that automatic emergency braking. The more I think about it, and maybe it's because I'm a crazy driver. I don't know. But I feel so secure in my car now. Yeah. I mean, uh, we talk about distractions and we say texting and we say all the distractions that you see people this thing will save lives yep. save uh, uh damage it'll, it'll be bad for your business Alan. it is bad won't, for won't our be business. V- very few front enders anymore with those things how many times uh, you know i the other day i was uh, stopped in line at a traffic a red light or something a stop sign and i'm in line and i don't know what i was thinking and I looked up and I said, why is that crazy car in front of me backing toward me? Well, it wasn't uh, backing toward me. I had taken my foot off the brake. Let up a little bit. And it yep. was creeping toward the one in front of me. It couldn't happen with the automatic emergency braking. Yep. Great. A, B. If you're going to buy a car, check to see if it doesn't have the automatic emergency braking. I'd make that a major consideration. Yep. It definitely is. And I do have to point out to our listeners that it is one exciting moment after another driving with Earl Stewart. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you very much. Uh, on a uh, more serious note, you can go to consumerreport.org and get the rest of the information on a very necessary safety feature. And you can also find out what cars don't have it, what ha- what cars are uh, they have the feature on now, and uh, what you can expect in 2022. Okay. It's Mystery Show. Oh, we got no, we got a text. We, we got can do that. Just yeah. one last one here. Um from Bob in Jupiter, he says, to follow up on his box question and to the idea of paying cash and walking, what about telling the salesperson that I would like him to have the F&I person print out the paperwork and bring it back to sign at the sales desk? If he won't, then I would tell him that I would walk, correct? I think that's a great idea, and there is a trend, a slow trend toward eliminating the finance and insurance department or the box. Um, Kudos to J.M. Lexus and Coconut Creek. J.M. Lexus has combined. They're one price now, and they have combined all the functions. You don't have an after-sales person. You don't have a F&I person and a salesman. You have one person, that's a salesperson, that takes you through the entire process. Wow. You come into J.M. Lexus, they give you their lowest price, and then they give you their interest rate, and their terms or the leasing or whatever it is and the person you started with is the person you finish with he gives you he gets signs all the papers and he takes you out the car and you go home you don't mm. have you don't have a sales manager back and forth nonsense you don't have the box nonsense jm lexus and coconut creek and that's the trend of the future and that's the way it should be and it will be one day that's awesome yeah okay mystery shopping report mullinex ford as I said, Mullinex Ford is, uh, in our opinion, has been a very, very good dealership. It's a family dealership. They own, I think, mainly Ford dealerships. This one is in North Palm Beach that we shopped. Uh, we shopped, uh, it's actually Lake Park, and we shopped them several times. It's been on our recommended list. Uh, because of their past good behavior, Mullinex Ford tended to stay 
uh, under the radar. We've never seen examples of deceptive bait-and-switch uh, style marketing. We've never seen, uh, we don't get calls or emails about Mullinex Ford. No complaints. Uh, we just said they're, the one, they're one of the good guys. Uh, Mullinex Ford was the first and for a long time the only car dealer to pass the Dakota test. And they actually had a car in inventory discovered it unbeknownst to them that they had the Takata recall and realized that there wasn't a fix and they said we can't sell you the car. I mean we've never seen a car dealer do that so uh, Mullinex Ford we just hold in high esteem. So we, but we've got to go back. Uh, we just can't leave anyone because you never know and we found in the past bad dealers can become good dealers and good dealers become, can become bad dealers. Uh, we got a little twinge that there's a problem with Mullinex Ford because they advertise no dealer fees. We found one dealership uh, for Mullinex, as I say, they own multiple, that did not have dealer fees. And we found one that really had a small dealer fee uh, in August of 2017. And again, in January of 2018, we sent Agent X in and he returned with Mullinex buyer's orders that listed a $53 charge for dealer delivery fee and another $49 for Florida dock stamps. In both cases, H&X was paying cash. There's no dock stamps on a cash transaction. In fact, there no, shouldn't be dock stamps on an installment sale. That is charged by the lender, not the dealer. It's been well over a year since our last visit to Mullinex, so we decided to dispatch our new mystery shopper, uh, Agent Thunder, to check in on the Mullinex Ford and see if anything has changed. Now here's the report, and I'll be speaking as if I were Agent Thunder in the first person. I arrived at Mullinex Ford around 3.30 p.m. I must admit I was excited to mystery shop this dealership due to the fact they advertise no dealer fees. I was truly hoping this would be a real deal. They would be the real deal. I entered the dealership and proceeded to the reception desk. Before I could even finish saying why I was there, I was approached by a salesperson named Waldo. That's an unusual name, Waldo. I like it. Yeah, there's a town in Florida named Waldo, I believe. But they were able to find him. Uh, yeah, find Waldo, that's right. That's who Waldo, yeah. Um, he, he was friendly. He said, what brings you in today? Waldo asked some qualifying questions, and based on my answers, suggested I look at both purchasing and leasing. We decided on their small SUV, the Ford Escape. Waldo excitedly informed me that they had the largest selection of Fords in the state of Florida. Now that troubles me a little bit, because uh, Ford uh, has a lot of dealers in Florida, and they have some huge dealers. Yeah, they do. And I have to say it's highly unlikely that Little Mullinex Ford has the largest selection. Uh, now, listen to this. He offered me a bottle of water with no dealer fees label on it. Well, that's encouraging. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Said, now listen, sit down for this one. <laughs> no dealer fees <laughs> on the water bottle. I've never seen this before. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a nice touch. I asked him about this. Waldo said... They've been in business for 40 years and have always believed in being honest and straightforward. He also said they're a one-price store, and that's why they outsell their local Ford competition. 
It's sounding better and better. Sounding better and better. I'll have to check the statistics, but I believe that Al Packer Ford and Wayne Akers Ford, and I believe Delray Ford, all outsell Mullinex. I I would be inclined to believe that myself, so especially could, Wayne Akers. We could call this puffery or white lies, but a little odor here to the presentation. I I, I like puffery just puffery. because nobody use. What a cool word, puffery. puffery yeah. Yeah, puffery is a legal term, and uh, in in the law they say that uh, a retail business can use puffery. Puffery is lying with a smile on your face, and it's not really too serious. Mild lies, white lies. I'm going to try to use puffery in a sentence at least once a day for the next week. (laughs) I'm going to start a trend, puffery. So, again, I am agent uh, Thunder, and I... do. Hey, Alan, just don't use that word describing your wife. Huh? What? I asked if he heard that Earl Stewart is a no-dealer fee, one-price store. He responded, absolutely, and it's good to see other car dealerships, car dealerships do the same. Now, again, I, I was not a one-price dealer when I learned about Molnex in uh, um, Fort Lauderdale, and that's how I first heard that we really had a one-price dealer, so... Uh, he knew us, knew of Earl Stewart Toyota, and he, he, he was complimentary. Uh, we went on test drive, headed back to the store to go over the numbers. He sat me down, disappeared into the manager's office. That's not a good sign, too. They're one price. Why was he in the manager's office? Yep. He returned with a couple of printed proposals with the aforementioned lease and purchase options. Myers immediately focused on the Alphador breakdown on the side of these proposals. He showed a discounted selling price of $36,538, less a rebate of $2,500 for an adjusted selling price of $34,038. To this they added $2,364 in sales and $505 for tag and registration for a bottom line of $36,907. Now, I threw a lot of numbers at you there. And I'm reading them, so you're, you know, they're going over your head. Not important, but I scanned the figures on this paper they showed me for any sign of a dealer fee. I was pleasantly surprised to find none. Great news. Breath of relief. But stay seated, please. Or was there? I was suspicious of the tag and registration line that totaled $505. However, I didn't push the issue. I thanked Waldo first time and said I would be in touch. Now, that's where we've left it before with a couple of other dealers. But this time, uh, it would appear that Mullinex is true to their word about not charging dealer fees. Nothing of the sort was itemized or labeled as such on Agent Thunder's proposal. So, how does this jive with our previous shops that reveal their dealer fee? We instructed Agent Thunder to contact Waldo the next day to request the formal buyer's order that a customer receives when they complete their final paperwork in the business office or the box. Okay. Oftentimes this request is denied unless you're in the store and ready to buy. Surprisingly, and this is very surprising. 
They quickly emailed him a picture of the formal buyer's order. Now, this is really amazing. Now, we have a picture of this, and I'll hold it up for you folks that are streaming us live. You won't be able to see much, but you'll see this is the evidence. And you see the red mark there at the top? That is the evidence that in the box, mm. in the paperwork being spit out by the computer, Mullinex Ford was adding dealer fees. I hate to use the word lie, but they lied. They lied verbally. They lied on their water bottle. I'm going over to get that water bottle. I wonder if there's an extra severe penalty for water bottles. For water lying. bottles, yeah. Water bottle lying. We need to look into that. And I'm very, very disappointed in Mullinex uh, that they would do this. Um, usually, when you get into the box, you don't even see the additional fees. And this is what a lot of car dealers count on. More and more car dealers are counting on the fact that they can show you their prices on something called a worksheet or a internal document and nothing is official and if you don't consummate the deal don't buy the car you leave the dealership thinking hey they didn't have any dealer fees interestingly enough in my current blog it's called a poorly written Florida law ineffectually regulating dealer fees and that's available on earloncars.com www.earloncars.com I refer to this this uh, heinous practice. I'll read the paragraph. These hidden fees are often not revealed in the paperwork seen by the customer when the deal is consummated, the vehicle sale is consummated. Dealers often use documents labeled worksheets or internal documents with fine print indicating that it is not legal it is not a legal document of sale. So that allows them in their minds to be able to lie to you about their dealer fee. The official document, vehicle buyer's order, is printed out in the finance office along with reams of other documents, like the installment sale or lease contract, the odometer form, the powers of attorney, the extended warranty, the maintenance contract, the gap contract, etc., etc. I mean, that computer, it spits out all these things. Sign here, sign here, sign here, sign here. No customer has a time or inclination to read all the fine print on all the documents. A high percentage of Florida car buyers are unaware that they were charged a dealer fee. And this is what Mullinex Ford is counting on. I'm amazed that they actually emailed this uh, to, to our mystery shopper, to Agent Thunder. But they did. And I think it was a mistake. Otherwise, and here it is right here. So Mullinex Ford, who verbally and in writing says they don't charge dealer fees, do charge a dealer fee. Uh, I don't know what to uh, say other than the fact that it's time for us to vote. I don't know if we, we, we forgot to remind you to vote. I hope we had some people text in some votes. But uh, it's voting time. Yeah, it's not too. It's not too late, uh, listeners. Uh, you can text us your vote at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. We have plenty of time, and uh, your vote is important to us. And it's a, it's a difficult vote because I often say, "Oh, we got fifteen minutes. We got plenty of time." Yeah. I often say that, that, we don't we grade on the curve on this show, because if we grade it on absolute terms, 
we would probably fail almost every dealer. And you have to have a place to buy a car in Florida to be practical. So this show uh, services the consumers. And if we said, guess what, folks, you can't buy a car in Florida, uh, that's not a good thing. We'd rather say, buy a car in Florida, beware, be careful. And that's our recommended list that are the, relatively speaking, better dealers. Mullinex Ford is a relatively speaking better dealer. But now we have this. So we have to make the decision. Does this warrant taking Mullinex Ford off the recommended dealer list? Uh, I don't see how this is not deception, uh, overt deception. On the other hand, the dealer fees are relatively small. Yeah, in comparison, if we were, if it was just the dealer fees and they weren't advertising no dealer fee, yeah. uh, those are very small compared to most places. The dealer fee is fifty three dollars plus one hundred twenty two dollars and fifteen cents. So that's not even two hundred dollar dealer fee. We have dealers out there. In fact, I was just showing. I was just showing uh, Alan before the meeting. We have a dealer fee. Uh, we have a dealer out there now. It's too small. You can't read it. I'll read it to you. But uh, he has an electronic filing fee of $1,799.99. He also has a private tag agency fee of $149. He also has a dealer services fee of $695. And then uh, the nitrogen in the tires is $899.99. That's too high for me to add up. That's close to $3,000, isn't it? Yeah, and and let's remind our listeners, nitrogen is <coughs> air. Yeah, air. <laughs> so, here we are. Let's let's go around and take some votes here. Uh, Rick, I see you got some numbers on your pad there. Uh, we do indeed. Um... From the Facebook group, we got an F, and we got an anonymous that says it's beyond puffery and an F. <laughs> and from Is YouTube, we got again? an F and a D. Yeah. Oh, boy, I tell you, I start, I'm feeling pain about Mullen Ford because I've always bragged on Mullen Ford. Me, me I, too. I don't know what uh, – I, I feel like they're in, they led the world in one price, and for so long they had – no dealer fee. Uh, uh, let's go around there. I, I don't know what to say yet. Rick, what do you say? What do you, how are you going to grade him? Well, I want to give him a passing grade of a D just to say keep him on the list. But I don't know. The whole water bottle with no dealer fee and then they tack it on at the very end, it's deceptive. And it's, and it's more deceptive, it seems to me, than all the other places that say, yeah, we have a dealer fee. So it just, I don't know, I'm, I'm really going to have to say F on it. Yeah. Nancy, how about you? What, what do you say? Well, uh, I can't base my grade on whether it's a, a 50 cents or a dollar. Uh, you know, it's a dealer fee, plain and simple. I failed them. Well, of course, it's a dealer fee, which was lied about. You know, we have to realize that every dealer in Florida almost uh, has dealer fees. Uh, but when you lie about it, you know, if you say, I'd rather say, this is our dealer fee, and we make a profit on it, and uh, but we charge it, and you just have to make the choice, at least you're being honest about the dealer fee. 
but I, I just don't know about lying. Uh, Alan, what do you think? Um, I'm with you guys. It's deception. I think they're making bad a bad business decision there. Uh, if you're going to charge a dealer fee, charge it. Throw away all the water bottles or donate them to a charity or something. Get yeah. rid of them. Stop advertising. No dealer fees when you you know as soon as it comes out of your mouth it's a lie. Uh, as much as it pains me, because I don't know if we have any Ford dealers on the recommended list. I hope we do. Uh, yeah. And, you know, between Schumacher's and the Mullinex's are some of my favorite dealers. Uh, I gotta fail them. I, you know, I hate it, but I gotta do it. Yeah, I, I think I think I have to too. And I, I, I think, but for, because of small next, let me do this. Uh, I'll make a commitment to call the Mullinexes. I'll try to get hold of the Mullinexes, and I'll tell them what we did. Tell them we failed them, but we didn't want to because we had for so many years respect and admiration for their leadership. Um, giving them, we're going to fail them, but hopefully we can put them right back on the recommended list. If Mullinex will commit to me that he will remedy the situation. And but, Wayne from YouTube also votes F. Another another fail. So, you know, you've got uh, Mullinex Ford, I think it's got, let's say, a half a dozen stores. The Mullinex family can't be in all the stores all the time. It could be a rogue operator for the North Palm Beach store that uh, is doing this. Uh, it could have been uh, a situation that went without the knowledge of the Mullinex family. So they will be on the do not buy list from this moment until next Saturday. And between now and next Saturday, I will make a commitment to speak to someone in the Mullinex family. And if I get their commitment that they will change that practice immediately we will then of course shop them to verify but i'll take a mullinex family word for it but we will trust but verify fair enough as yep. ronald reagan once said fair enough they earned the earned our respect once before they can do it again absolutely and for all you I other dealers out there that are following this new uh, very deceptive practice of hiding your dealer fee until the box and we've shopped some of you before, but we haven't been aggressive enough to find out if you're doing this. We're going to find out now. And if you are not, if you are deceiving somebody about this, you're going to go on the do not recommend list. Now, uh, I talked to uh, Scott Painter. I don't know how many of you know uh, the name Scott Painter. He uh, was the CEO of TrueCar. TrueCar uh, is the... Uh, one of the companies, the third-party buying sources that we recommend along with Costco, TrueCar.com. He was the original CEO of uh, TrueCar. He's now no longer CEO of TrueCar. He's, he's now CEO of a company called FAIR, F-A-I-R. And it's a company similar, it's a buying company similar to TrueCar. I don't recommend FAIR now because I don't know much about it. I downloaded their app on my smartphone. F-A-I-R. You can download it in the Apple Store. And they combine a buying source and a financing source uh, for cars. And it's uh, like tr similar to True Car. Uh, Scott Painter called me at home last night surprised me because I really have a lot of respect for Scott Painter. Very smart guy. Nancy knows him too. We have another uh, vote. Well, actually, we have a quick question. I just want to throw this out because I, I know okay. you'll like this one. Angel from YouTube is asking, 
Have you ever considered mystery shopping out-of-state dealerships? Well, it's a long drive out-of-state. Florida's a big state. We're in South Florida. Uh, we've gone as far as Pensacola, but we, we've done remote shops, and we have, for a while there, we thought we had like a group of volunteers. We had somebody in North Carolina that was shopping vehicles, um, dealers for us. So if you're out-of-state and you want to shop a dealer, you can call us. We have to be careful about because you know, we don't know you, uh, and we have to be careful that we're giving valid shops. But we'll we'll talk about a shop that you want to call in. But I don't think we can regularly get outside of the state to do that. Uh, hey, back, yeah. Hey, I really, really think that we need to shop the Chevy dealer in Honolulu. And I know it's a you long, do it. it's a long flight. You're reading my mind. I, I volunteer. You're exactly. reading my mind. Yeah, Scott yeah. Painter. Yeah, Scott Painter. And so the reason that uh, I was impressed is the fact that he was uh, thrown out of True Car because the dealers ganged up on him. And uh, for a while, True Car was a hardcore. Uh, these dealers are giving you a good price. These dealers aren't. It was really, it was so tough on the car dealers that they sued True Car, and uh, there were several lawsuits, and there was such a hue and cry that True Car basically fired Scott Painter. Uh, you got to remember that car dealers are the customers for True Car. They charge the dealers a fee. True Car gets uh, $299, uh, I believe it is, for the cost of uh, being a true car dealer. So they are beholding to dealers, and so that represents a, partic uh, a potential conflict of interest. You're smiling, Rick. Oh, I just happened to look up something real quick. Uh, so w will we be sending Alan to Honolulu, North Carolina? Yes, Honolulu, North Carolina. Oh. <laughs> so that's, 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 my take. that's my take on that's my take on this whole uh, dealer fee thing. And that... Uh, we are going to, uh, uh, the other thing I need to mention about dealer fees is the fact that we have been talking aggressively with a firm of attorneys who have assured me that we're, the large dealership group will be targeted shortly in a class action suit against dealer fees. Um, that's what Scott Painter was calling me about, by the way, was dealer fees when he talked to me last night. And I told him about the class action suit. His problem is, as a operating a third-party referral service for car dealers, how do we get a price to refer to the customers? If uh, Alan Napier goes to Fair or True Car or to another third-party source and they give you a price, which is a really good price, and then you go into that dealer and he has a $2,000 dealer fee, are you getting a fair price then? No. So all the third-party buying sources are having a heck of a time uh, fighting these dealer fees. And True Car is having a problem. Costco is having a problem. Fair, if they are. Scott Painter's company is having a problem. The only way to do it is to beware and, and diligent yourself because Costco cannot go in and investigate these dealers. You have to see the Costco price sheet, and with True Car, you have to be sure that the True Car price does include all the fees that are advertised and it's buyer beware when you buy a car and that's all i can say the true car thing because it's not my end of the business and we only have two minutes that's plenty of time uh just a real quick question 
Once they got rid of Scott Painter, did the dealers or dealer groups drop their lawsuits and that was enough for them to back off? And part B of my question, True Car, did they modify their behavior and is there, did their business model change once they got rid of Scott Painter? What was the point of getting rid of him? They did, they did modify their business model so that it wasn't so uh, painfully aware which dealer had the lowest price on the market. Uh, True Car now forces the dealers, which is a very good thing, to give the True Car price with no dealer fee or dealer installed accessories. But that True Car price is not compared with two other dealers in the same market. What the dealers hated was having three dealers in the same market with three different True Car prices, and they were exposed to who had the lowest and who had the highest. That no longer happens. So if you're doing a True Car today, you still have to compare that True Car price with your own diligence, maybe with Costco or maybe with your own research. Mm. And I think we're Ladies at the end of another show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us and uh, helping us walk through this minefield uh, called the uh, auto business. Stay tuned uh, next week. We'll be right back here at the same time and have a fabulous weekend.